Hey, you're listening to the Southeastern University's Ohio Regional Campus Podcast. We pray these chapel sessions encourage and empower you, inspiring your imagination and sharpening your skills and values, both for current and future leaders for Christ. Thanks for listening. Well done, well done. Um, But thank you, Dave, for giving me this opportunity to come share my heart and uh, what God has been speaking to me over the past couple months. Um, But uh, I was, I I actually worked with SEU, now Cherish took my job, uh, my own wife, uh, doing a way better job than I did. So now I can spend my full time with Youth Alive, uh, raising support and seeing teenagers across Ohio reached for Jesus and empowered to reach their schools. Uh, But today, I want to get right into scripture because we're running short on time and I don't want to be going over uh, 10 o'clock because you guys got classes and we have other work and jobs to do. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, We're going to be in Psalm 33. If you've got your Bibles, I don't think I have a PowerPoint. Actually, I know I don't have a PowerPoint because I didn't create it. Uh, But this is this is fresh, fresh off the press. We're going to be in Psalm 33. We're going to start in verse 6. If you're there, say yep. All right, we got halfway there. We are going with that. It says, the, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. Would you pray with me before we dig into this? God, speak. We're here as your servants, ready to hear what you have to say. Touch our hearts and change us this morning. Amen. Amen. I read this psalm on January 3rd, and it stuck out to me because I heard the word spoke, and I'm leading the speaker's lab starting tomorrow. I'm pumped for that. And any time I hear the word speak or spoke or words, it jumps out because I've been thinking about it for the past couple months. And this word where it begins, it says, God merely spoke. And when he spoke, the world began. Get this. It says, when he he said light, light existed. I could see. When he said animal, a bunch of ponies started frolicking across the meadows. We just see things come into existence through mere words. And I'm fascinated by this because I love creating. Creating's always been a passion of mine. Sometimes I like to feel like I'm in control of things. Sometimes I like to think that when I say, Alexa, turn on the living room lights, light comes to existence. When I say, Chandler, come, our family dog runs around the corner wagging her tail, expecting a treat and ready to go play fetch or something. Now, the difference between me and God is, well, great. But (laughs) you see, I can command some things that already exist, but God commands things into existence. And a lot of times, God will put us in positions and give us opportunities that we are inadequate and incapable of doing. But what I love about God is that he is the one that creates abilities, gifts, opportunities, resources necessary for you not to only get the job done, but for you to get the job done with excellence. For you to do work with excellence. For you to raise your kids and meet friends 
and experience new job opportunities with excellence. God creates things into existence, which for me is really, really encouraging, which is so, so powerful because many times we will find ourselves in positions where we need God to create things into existence. In Genesis 2, uh, it says that on the seventh day, God, after God had created everything, he rested. Now, some people, more skeptics than anything, will read that and say and believe that God has gone into his retirement home, sitting on a beach, looking at the palm trees, and he's gone and he's just done an eternal rest and is no longer at work. But if we believe that the Old Testament, New Testament actually happened, then God is still at work today. God is still creating with words. He is still creating things into existence that he might be glorified and that we might do what he has called us to do. God isn't done. He's at work. Like I mentioned before, I I love creating. Creating things is so much fun. I'm not the, the best at graphic design, but I love doing it. I have a blast at it. I learned to do it when I was a youth pastor. He says, all right, here you go. And I try to create a graphic for an event. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm going to download this program and figure it out, watch a bunch of YouTube videos. Praise God for YouTube. Awesome. But I loved art growing up. There were a lot of classes I wasn't very good at. English was one of them. I got a 13 on my ACT. If you're not familiar, that's really, really bad. <laughs> wasn't good at reading. I wasn't very good at writing. I've been getting better, hopefully. And, but I loved art. I loved art. I always seem to get an A in art, which isn't saying much. <laughs> but art was awesome. I loved art. And I always had to have the best project. There was always one, one student. His name was Matt. I'm not going to say his last name, but Matt always, he was like, I mean, he was the student. Like, he had all the great art projects, and his, he was my competition. If I could get a better art project than him, I was good to go. But I always had to have the best, whether it was a a sketch of John Adams or cutting out pictures from a magazine to make a collage. I always had to have the best. I remember one, our next project was a clay project. Who's worked with clay in here? Praise God for clay. So what you do, and I don't really remember the goal of the project, but we had this lump of clay and we had to create something. So I decided to create a portrait of Frederick Douglass. (laughs) Frederick Douglass. I had just learned about him in my 9 a.m. history class, and I noticed that he had a lot of facial features that would be really fun to recreate. He had really big hair and and deep lines and a a bigger nose, and he was just really cool, and I wanted to recreate Frederick Douglass. So I created him, and my history professor, or not professor, I was in high school, my history teacher uh, asked to keep it. I think he even offered to pay money for it. Um, I don't think I accepted anything because it wasn't that great. But he, he, he took it and he put it on his windowsill. And I was thinking, oh, that's really sweet. Maybe he'll put it up for the last two weeks of school. And, uh, no, the next year he had it up. And I had graduated. And then I would talk to people who were graduating and who I would see at different events around Ohio. And I'm like, oh, do you remember, Ms. do you have Mr. Demchek? They're like, yeah. Like, does he still have the Frederick Douglass? Oh, I, I'm seeing a nod because you, you went to CCS. For the next eight to ten years, he kept Frederick Douglass on his windowsill. <laughs> and for me, like, that's a proud moment because I was able to take clay 
and I was able to take water, and I was able to create something that added value to someone's life. Maybe he didn't, like, I don't know, but every single person who walked into that room and walked out of that room would see Frederick Douglass sitting <laughs> on the windowsill. I love creating. I was able to take clay and water and create something cool. But you know what I can't do? I can't speak clay and I can't speak water into existence. And I started thinking about that as I was reading this passage and I was meditating on it. And then I was reminded of Genesis 1, verses, uh, verses 26 and 27, where in 27 it says that I am creating man into my image. The Imago Dei. We were created in the Imago Dei. We were created in God's image. If God created us, what does, what does that really mean? And without going into great detail, because we could talk all about theology and go super, super deep on this topic, but the Imago Dei, I think there's three implications that it says that one, um, the Imago Dei gives us the capacity to love. If we were not created in the image of God, we would not have the capacity to love and be in relationship with one another. And we wouldn't have the capacity to be in relationship with God. So he created us in a way to love because God is love. Another uh, implication is that he, he gave us a superior intelligence to care for his creation just as he cares all throughout Scripture. And then the third um, that I believe that is implied with the Imago Dei is right there in the verse is created. Just as God created us with his own great and tremendous creativity, he implanted his own creativity within us that we might create. So then, at what capacity, at what level can we create? If God merely spoke and everything came into existence, then do we have some sort of capacity to be able to speak something into existence? It may not be physical objects, but I want to say yes. Is that we have a capacity and a level to speak that which doesn't exist into existence. Let me explain. I remember just five months ago, tomorrow, Tomorrow's our five-month anniversary. Am I right? Is today the eighth? It's the eighth. So five months, guys. We're going strong. And I remember when I'm standing at the altar with the lake behind me. It wasn't an altar. It was grass. And there was a lake behind <laughs> That's what you say, isn't it? So Cherish, Cherish walks out. She starts walking down the aisle, and immediately I'm, I'm in this, this whirlwind of emotions of joy and excitement and just the, the idea of marrying the woman of my dreams as she's walking up. And I start tearing. <laughs> she walks. And then her grandpa officiated the wedding, so he starts talking, and I really have no idea what he was saying. I can't remember a thing. <laughs> sucked in like a tractor beam. I was trying to block the sun from her eyes, too, multitasking. <laughs> and 
remember all the way up until the specific moment, there was so much joy and excitement about being married, getting, getting married to the woman of my dreams. And then we got to the vows, and she said, she said something that struck a chord in me. She said, I do. She said, I do. And with just a, a couple words, she created in me trust. She created strength. She created acceptance. She created something that wasn't there as she was walking down the aisle, but with just a couple words, she created something in me. You see, words in our own life can create trust. They create a connection between two people. They create strength. They create joy. They create forgiveness. They create. Words create. But on the flip side, words also can destroy. Words can cause pain. Words can cause brokenness. I remember in the fifth grade, it was right around this time of year. It was uh, at the beginning of winter break. In the fifth grade, I had this big project that was due for three, in three months called Nifty Fifties. And in three months, we had to do a project on a page summary on each state of Ohio. And I got my mom mad, and she said, you have to finish the Nifty Fifties before you go back to school. I'm like, we have three months. She says, you're doing it. And I was so mad. I was so ticked. And you know what I said? It was the first and only time I told my mom that I hated her. And immediately, it created pain and brokenness in her and guilt within me. That's why I said I never did it again. But words can destroy. Let me remind you that just as God created everything through mere words, we too have a capacity based on the idea that we were created in the Imago day, that we have a capacity to create with words, whether it's through an email, whether it's through a speech, whether it's through a mere conversation with another, you can create ideas and emotions and feelings amongst another. How powerful and cool is that? So maybe in 2020, maybe there's something you can create. The next day, in the next week, or the next year, maybe there are some things that you can be reminded of to create in another. Let's veer away from creating destruction and pain and hurt and let's lead towards creating joy, forgiveness, unity. Let's see that take place. Two takeaways that I have is in Psalm 33, it says that when the psalmist was looking upon the creation that God had created, it says that he was in awe. So it says, let us stand in awe. So as we look at the trees, which don't have much beauty this time of year, but when the snow falls, they're beautiful. When, when we look at the grass, when we look at creation, when you go on a hike to high, high banks or Sharon Woods, where, wherever you go, when you look upon the beauty that God has created, be in awe and know that he did it through mere words. And that we too, my second takeaway is may your words create May they create that which God has called you to create. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for your word, and we thank you that you are working and you are moving. 
God, we thank you uh, and are in awe that you created us through words. You created creation with words, and you've given us the responsibility to care for your creation, to care for one another. So in that, as we build our relationships this year, 2020, may we choose words that create that which you desire us to create. Help us to be like you. Help us to become more like Christ this year. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 There you go, Dave.